0: Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-Reorg in the European and CIMIA markets. It's Tuesday, December 5th, and I'm Andrew Ross. Coming up this week, we'll be discussing UAE-based oil and gas contractor Petrofac, which has seen a lot of movement lately in both its equity and its debt. Then we will run through the key highlights from the primary market this past week. But first, we're going to be joined by legal director Shan Karashi to discuss the key restructuring trends of 2023, comparing deals to 2022 using data from Reorg's own restructuring database. <music> Hello Shan and thanks for joining us. Perhaps you could kick us off by talking us through what the Reorg Restructuring Database does and the methodology used to capture the data. Thanks, Andrew. So
1: The EMEA Restructuring Database, uh, this is a database which is available on uh, Credit Cloud and this has a multitude of legal and financial data points for around 300 restructuring deals which we've reported on and which have closed in the last five years. Uh, If you've got any questions about access, our subscribers can email questions at reog.com. Now, for the purposes of this database, a restructuring is defined as ongoing if A, Restructuring advisors have been publicly announced as being formally appointed to a company, but number two, no completed deal has yet been agreed. So what do we mean by a completed deal? Well, for our definitions, this is once uh, the company has announced if the deal is consensual or once there's been a final court hearing if it's non-consensual. For example, if it's an English law scheme or a part 26A, it will be upon um, a successful sanction hearing now in terms of the data we capture there's legal data for example how was implementation was it in and out of court what tool was used and then what types of deals were implemented was there an amend and extend an equitization new money and then we also have the financial data so in short we've got pre and post leverage cap stack and other metrics we further capture advisors and involved parties around. 50 pieces of data for each name.
0: Okay, great. So in short, what does the data say about 2023 compared to 2022? What are the key restructuring trends in Western Europe? So let's keep
1: it short and sharp. Here's your six key take homes. Number one, half of the deals that we've seen conclude consensually. So during 2023, the in-structuring, in-restructuring debtors, that's are restructuring debtors that are still pursuing a process, around half of them are pursuing out-of-court restructurings. And this is the same as we've seen during 2022 and the actual closed deals during 2023. Take-home, half of deals are concluding cons- consensually. Next take-home, uh, English restructuring tech still remains the most popular during both 2022 and 2023. Around half of non-consensual deals in Western Europe used either a scheme, part 26A or a CVA, and that's uh, what we kind of expected. Number four, uh, we've seen more debt for equity type deals by number in 2023. So in 2022, just 27% of deals included a debt for equity exchange compared to 34% of deals closed so far in 2023. Point number four, so there's more new money deals featured where there's an equitization. What I mean by this is where we've seen uh, debt-for-equity swaps in 2023, 69% of those debt-for-equity swaps also featured new money. Whereas in 2022, only 14% of the equitization deals also featured new money. Take home at number five, We've seen less in court equitizations. Equitizations seem to be happening um, outside of court. So in 2023, 45% of debt for equity deals were concluded in court compared with 62.5% of the same type of deal in 2022, which required court involvement. Final take home is the amended extend financial restructuring deals are on the increase. So just 17% of deals in 2022 Featured an amend and extend transaction, compared to 40% in 2023, and this is just looking at non-consensual ANEs. We have a amend and extend tracker for consensual deals, which we publish monthly separately, and you can find that by looking up AE tracker. Now, there's a lot more detail on each of these take homes in the year-end wrap, which I published on Monday, the 4th of December. So have a look under the EMEA RNI Insight tag if you've not yet seen it.
0: Okay, a lot to digest there. Can you give us some more detail on a few of the names?
1: Sure, so in brief, late 2022, we set out that there's some key names, Keta, Centro, Taco, Refinery, Hader, Flint and Matalan. These names were, you know, classically approaching maturity walls in 2023. And we explained that there was a high the interest rate environment, and it might make it harder for these companies to refinance. Now, out of those debtors in 2023, Keta and Accenture were able to implement an amended extension of debt, and Rafa Heidi was able to refinance. However, Taco, Flint, and Matalan faced equitization of their debt. They couldn't refinance or implement a simple amended extend. All three of these companies were overlevered at the time of restructuring, facing maturity walls at a time that refinancing was just not commercially possible. So this Increase of equitization transactions during twenty twenty three. For me it shows that a lot of borrowers are unable to service their overleveraged capital structures. And also perhaps demonstrates that creditors are becoming more willing to enforce and take ownership of debtors, particularly as in court processes are not always required for that.
0: So that's what we saw in twenty twenty-three. What will we see in 2024? What does your your crystal ball say?
1: Thanks. Well, I don't have a crystal ball, unfortunately, and there has been enough black swan events in the last four years of my career in the restructuring industry to stop me from making any concrete predictions. However, if we look at the data and the trends developing, I would say, or at least be confident in saying, we've got 34 ongoing restructurings in Western Europe. And we expect this trend of increased restructuring to continue during 2024. More action for restructuring practitioners. There also appears to have been a bit of an increase in activity from mid-2022 through to the third quarter of 2023. And the increase in amend and extend deals, you know, this could reflect the high interest economic climate rate faces debtors and also represent the difficulty debtors are facing in refinancing debt. In terms of tools, I say this every year, English restructuring tools still represent the most popular choice for debtors and shareholders. We've got efficiency, certainty of outcome and experience of judiciary and these are some of the few key advantages in using the tools. However, I will say there has been a proliferation of the use of non-English tools. We've seen the French accelerated safeguard tool being used in Pierre Vacances, Casino and Orpierre and also the German Starog being used by Leone in 2023. And we've also seen Spark Networks has announced that it may also be pursuing a German plan. So whilst we expect to see debtors in 2024 exploring several jurisdictions for a possible restructuring forum, England may no longer be the default forum, but it is usually a safe bet. So in short, more equitizations, more money, More options options for implementation. Any questions, shoot me an email at shan S-H-A-N, at reorg.com. Thanks, Andrew.
0: We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience. So please take a moment to complete your short survey in the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. Next up, UAE-based oil and gas contractor Petrofact, which has seen a lot of movement lately in both its equity and its debt. CMEA reporter Katie McMahon is with me now to discuss Petrofact. Hi, Katie. Can you give us some background on Petrofact for those who are new to the, to, new to the situation?
2: Yes. Yeah, so Petrofact is an international oil and gas service provider. It runs largely out of Sharjah and Aberdeen. They have business lines in engineering and construction, platform management, uh, and also an upstream oil and gas arm which at this point they've largely divested from. They just have one oil field uh, left in that. That's offshore Malaysia. The equity is London listed. Uh, debt-wise, they have a $600 million senior secured note. That's due in 2026, and it has a coupon of 9.7%.
0: Petrofac has seen some steep declines in both its London listed equity and its only bond in recent weeks and months. What's driving this drop?
2: Yeah, the equities dropped dramatically over the course of 2023. That's lost roughly 75% of its value, uh, and it's been hitting all time lows uh, in the past week, less than 20 pence. Uh, Meanwhile, the bond has sunk from the high 70s in the past two months. It's now trading below 40, around 38, uh, and that yields quite an impressive 45% at this point. So essentially, the company has been in a really tight spot with their liquidity. They need to repay half of their $252 million of bank debt over the next 12 months, uh, and then the rest is going to come due in October and November of next year. Uh, They only had about $117 million in immediately available liquidity as of June 2023. Uh, EBITDA was at negative $54 million in the first half of the year. Uh, And Petrofax also recorded a $63 million networking capital outflow. So that's taken net cash from operations to negative $164 million. Uh, and the reason that EBITDA is taking a, a big hit is in large part due to a number of legacy contracts the company has, where they've seen no or very little margin recognition. Uh, and in some cases, they've had to take major write downs to settle contracts. Uh, and those losses have been led by the E&C segment. Now, that said, the company's also managed to swing a number of big new promising contracts this year. Those include a multi year, multi billion dollar offshore wind project um, with Hitachi Energy uh, in Europe. And they also have managed to secure a $700 million contract with AdNoc, that's Abu Dhabi's national oil company. And Petrovac had really been hoping that the advance payments on some of these new contracts, combined with some of their hoped for settlements on the legacy side, would allow them to claw back this really quite significant cash burn in the first half. Uh, and end the year with a broadly neutral cash flow. Now, uh, in the last few days, they've come out with a statement that says that they're they're no longer expecting to be able to meet that guidance um, and that they're struggling to get the bank guarantees that will really allow them to unlock the advances on some of those major new contracts. Now, the question investors are really asking is how will they make the debt repayments and also keep their liquidity above $75 million dollars? Um, which is a covenant they have on their debt, and, and that they've said that so far they've been able to keep.
0: Okay, and I guess the company released a statement on Monday which did give some hints as to where they might look to raise that much needed cash. Um, so, Katie, can, can you tell us a little bit more about this?
2: Yeah, quite an interesting statement that came out on Monday. We hadn't heard from the company in a while. Now they're saying they're going to explore the sale of unspecified non core assets. They've also said they're in talks with financial investors to take a non controlling stake in certain other components of their portfolio. Uh, and they've also hired a, a, a new board member, Aidan de uh, He's gonna be a non-executive director and he'll be leading some of these efforts to, to raise liquidity and get these bank guarantees uh, that have so far eluded the company. So there's no solid information yet on what these sale options could really entail. We can say that the only conventional non-core asset the company really has is this Malaysian oil field. That's its last existing upstream interest. But that's heading into decommissioning soon over the next couple of years, and it doesn't really seem valuable enough to raise all the cash that they're going to need. We've also done some work looking at the terms of the 2026 notes, and those do include quite an aggressive covenant that could allow Petrofac to completely circumvent its asset sales sweep requirements. And We have a full covenant report on that available to subscribers.
0: So what does all this mean for investors and note holders?
2: Definitely, people involved in the company are keeping a really close eye for more information on what exactly management is planning here and what they could mean by asset sales. Um, The share price has actually rallied quite a bit uh, in the immediate aftermath of this statement, but it's still way down for the year. Uh, That could suggest that short sellers are piling in. And we do know there's already a number of hedge funds with short positions uh, in the stock. Sources have told us that in the bond too, we've generally seen in the last few months, the long holders giving way to some distressed debt funds. Uh, we know that advisors are looking at this one. They've been approaching bond holders for a restructuring mandate. So I think we can perhaps expect some more developments on that side. Uh, and the company's gonna be back with a trading update on December 20th. So we'll definitely be looking out for that.
0: Sounds good. Thank you, Katie. Joining us now is Leverage Finance reporter Beatrice Mervolian. Hi Beatrice, can you tell me what's going on in the primary market?
3: A number of issuers have rushed to the primary market in advance of the Christmas break. In the loan market in particular there are over 10 deals in syndication including German hospital operator Clinic, HR services company House of HR, port operator Europort and plastic packaging group Wiener Plastics. On Monday, equipment rental company Loxum brought a 600 million senior secured note to the market for refinancing. The company is well known, um, but some investors are wary of its entirely debt funded expansion over recent years. Medical diagnostics provider Synlab came to the market late on, on Friday with its long awaited package to support the acquisition uh, by Synvin, which already owns a 43% stake in the group, of a further stake in the company. Leverage is likely to step up as a result of, result of the deal, um, which may make the, the transaction attractive, according to some investors, as long as pricing reflects this, of course. Synlab um, arguably has the highest credit quali- quality among laboratory businesses in the leveraged loan space and has far greater geographical diversification than many of its peers which means the yield it offered in the in the past has been generally limited many of Synlab's peers in particular Cerba and Inovi are struggling with high leverage steep inflation and in particularly in particular sharply rising uh, Personnel costs and the impact of a tariff cut by French authorities this year. Labs have also lost COVID testing revenue and are facing um, a racing to cut jobs to adapt their cost base to the post COVID business environment. Ratings agency Fitch recently revised the outlook on peer Biogroup's long term issuer default rating to negative um, from stable because of many of these issues. Um, no more primary deals are currently being pre-marketed, which suggests this may be the end of primary activity this year.
0: Please check out Reorg's EMEA Maturities and Pipeline. This provides a list of companies in the EMEA markets with maturities over the next 24 months. Notably, 17 companies fall within our stressed slash coverage. The tracker also includes deal origination opportunities featuring leverage buyouts and acquisitions. We are providing context for selected credits with bonds or loans maturing over the next 24 months, which are currently trading below par. We provide highlights of recent coverage for credits that are involved in an ongoing sales process or those that have recently fallen into a restructuring. The pipeline is built using proprietary data from Credit Cloud and existing intel, including articles published as part of our deal origination coverage. It is updated monthly and is published on the last Tuesday of each month. The latest version is available on the Reorg website, which is downloadable in Excel. Contact us at marketing at for more information. Further information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening. Thank